Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Luke chapter 13. Now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those eighteen who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, they were not. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree, and I haven't found any, so cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then let's cut it down. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. The Lord Jesus answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from a stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for eighteen long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? When he said this, all of his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all of the wonderful things he was saying and doing. Then Jesus asked, What is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about sixty pounds of flour until it worked its way all through the dough. Then Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, Make every effort to enter the narrow door, because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you came from. Then you will say, We ate and drank with you, and you taught in our streets. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Away from me, all of you evildoers. There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth 
when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves will be thrown out. People will come from the east and the west, and the north and the south, and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last now who will be first, and first who will be last. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus, and they said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In this chapter, Jesus encountered a woman in one of the synagogues who had been crippled, and he attributed her illness to a spirit. And then he said that Satan had kept the woman bound in referring to her illness. Now, I don't believe that the teaching of Jesus is that every sickness is connected to a demon. But there are many healings in the Gospels, often of deaf and dumb people who had spirits of deafness and dumbness. But this was a crippled woman, and um, apparently Jesus attributed her affliction to a demon. On verse 10, it says, On the Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. That's very definitive. Jesus observed that there was a spirit, and obviously it wasn't a good spirit. It was an evil spirit that had caused her her illness, her being crippled for 18 years. He went on to say she was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Now notice he didn't say anything to the demon. He didn't call to the demon, at least according to the text. He didn't have any interaction with the demon, and yet he attributed this illness to a demon. The method that he used was he laid his hands on the woman, and uh, she was able to straighten up. And he spoke the words, woman, you're set free from your infirmity. So Jesus did not use a cookie-cutter approach to every demon or every illness. This was a special case. He had the discernment of the Holy Spirit to know how to proceed. But he brought healing to the woman and set her free from this spirit of infirmity. And uh, it goes on to say that the religious leaders were offended. In verse 14, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, there are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, but not on the Sabbath. And Jesus answered him, you hypocrites, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her? So notice, first of all, that the woman was afflicted 
by a spirit, and then he says specifically that Satan had caused her illness. And um, they were offended that Jesus would set her free on the Sabbath, but he was setting her free from demonic bondage, from the, the enslavement that Satan had applied to her life. These were not just first century conditions. These were conditions that occur today. And there are spirits of infirmity and uh, evil spirits that affect people today. In our culture in the U.S., we don't often see people manifesting demons. But I have seen demons manifest in people in, uh, in the U.S. and certainly in third world situations. But if it's in the Gospels, it's in the, in the world. And uh, uh, there's nothing in the Scriptures that say Satan re- retired from the field of battle. The Scriptures just say that Jesus has given us authority over evil spirits and over the devil by virtue of what he did with the cross. And so if someone's suffering from uh, some illness or another or being crippled or whatever, of course we should pray for their healing. But there might be some demonic involvement, and you need to be open to the Lord showing you that this is a a spiritual thing, and that spirit has to be dealt with in some capacity, because just as Satan bound people in the days that Jesus walked the earth, Satan surely binds people today. And so just to wrap this up, there's not, I don't believe every illness is connected to a demon, but I believe some illnesses are, according to the scriptures. Jesus goes on in this chapter to talk about the kingdom of God. Verse 18, he asks, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? And then he says he would compare it to a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. And so in comparing it to a mustard seed, the kingdom of God comes in seed form and then grows and begins to permeate the life of the believer, and that believer shares, and the kingdom continues to grow. And since Jesus walked the earth in the first century, the kingdom has spread beyond the the lips of Jesus Christ to cover two billion people on this planet. So it's been growing. It came as a mustard seed in the person of Christ, and he imparted the seeds of the gospel of the kingdom to his 12 disciples, and then 11 of them proved faithful and passed it on to others. And then today, there are two billion people like me that have received the gospel of the kingdom as it spread down through the generations. Making this same comparison in verse 20, he said, again, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it had worked all through the dough. And so the kingdom of God is still permeating the earth. It will ultimately result in the return of Jesus Christ. But we still live in the days when the kingdom is permeating the the population of this planet. And our job as uh, citizens of the kingdom of God is to help facilitate the spread of the gospel of the kingdom. And there's a passage at the end of this chapter where Jesus laments for his Jewish people. Remember, Jesus was the Jewish Messiah and the Messiah for all men, but he was born a Jew, he lived a Jew, and he died as a Jew. So in verse 34, he's lamenting over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And then he says, I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so we don't know whether this is a precondition for the return of the Lord, that certain number of Jews in Jerusalem will say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, or this will occur after the coming of the Lord along the same period of time. But either way, Lord, we pray that your Jewish people 
would say Jesus is blessed because he comes in the name of the Lord. May your Jewish people in Jerusalem, those who have rejected the gospel down through the years, recognize that Jesus is both the Messiah for Jews and Gentiles alike. Lord, we pray that they would indeed say that you're blessed. They would recognize that you came in fulfillment of their scriptures and that you're coming again. And so, Lord, we pray that they would be ready for the return of Jesus Christ, and we would be ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.